We are just winging it. Podcast. Getting a little weird again. A little weird? A little weird. Why? A little weird. Uh, it was a little too friendly. A it was a little friendly. bit like, like... You're right. It's nice when... Come one, come all, and yeah. sit around Which for... is an immediate turnoff, right? Like yeah. anything, you know, a show or a podcast, anything. If it's too welcoming, you're oh, like, yeah. fuck that. Go. You know what it should be? Welcome to Just Wing. <laughs> of course, we say all this true as... True stories. True northerners who, you know, want that, like, icy cold reception, yeah. like when you walk into a store or something, like you don't want anyone to talk to you. Right. And you do the whisper. Do you do the whisper ever? I do this whisper well, tell all me what the, whisper the time. Is. So I walk by somebody and I'm like, I should acknowledge them. Yeah. I should like say it's something. It's like the but wave. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. But sometimes I'll also like whisper for some reason. I'll be yeah. like, hey, do you do that? <laughs> Legit whisper. Yeah, I'm not like I, projecting. I, I, I might like, do a mumble, but not a whisper. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, but it comes out, I'm not vocalized. So it's like, but you don't it's like, whisper. It's like, hey, what's up? You do yeah, not. Yeah, I whisper. I don't know. I've probably done it to you before. I, I'm not like in the mood to like talk. I'm like doing, I'm usually thinking about four other things. And so I'm like, I'm like, so man, hey, how you doing? Hey, Tim, who's that gray haired guy whispering to everybody <laughs> in the office? Aging gracefully. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I just feel like, I feel like uh, I, I get trapped in that and I try to like come out of my shell. Hey, can I, I tell feel you like a I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green. So there's this woman who walks around our uh, town yeah. like, all the time. She's the willowy woman. She's no willowy no, woman. Still MIA by Winging the way. It. For people mm-hmm. who maybe haven't listened to every single episode for the last year and a half, the willowy woman was a separate story <laughs> about a woman who may or may not have been haunted. Yeah, who appeared in her I mean, backyard one the night. Proof and then that left. she was is that she then left. Yeah, yeah, she was probably an apparition. But we're gonna we're gonna say you know it's inconclusive. Sure. Um, but there's this uh, older woman who Mike and I always drive by and we kind of wave to her and. and it kind of hit us last week. Like she must be walking all the time because we just see her like whenever we go out and do anything. There's someone like that in every town. I feel there's like. always an old right? person who walks all the time. Yeah, and they always have stories. Not even just I've I've noticed not even just old. Like I mean I guess no yeah I guess the ones I'm imagining were pretty old like sixty. I mean there's and above. not children. No, know? it's true. That's yeah. true. It's retirees. It's like they have time in the day yeah. to do stuff and they want to get exercises low impact and yep. it's like you know so they go for these walks, which is great. And I feel like it a is. lot of them who I've talked to through the years, including one in high school that I'll save for another episode because it's a whole story in itself. <laughs> they have like interesting stuff to talk about. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, so this woman, I was driving by and I was thinking about our whole commitment to having more meaningful conversations and passing with people. Yes. Right? And it, it's really paid off so far because I've had this a number of in times. In dividends. Now. And this one, uh, I was like- It was a lottery winner. In treasury bonds. <laughs> I was like, you know, I want to like stop and talk to her. So I just like stopped the car by yeah. the side of the road. And That's I was a little like, creepy. It was. <laughs> yeah. Was like a, little bit, a little bit threatening. And then I you backed the up brakes. the car. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah. I had binoculars for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I just, you know, commented on what a nice day it was, you know, for a walk because the seasons are changing. Just kind of assuming that she would have like a quick retort. And she came over and like put her arm in the window and like leaned in. Yeah. And talked to me like we had been friends for years. Oh, man. And I was like, wow, this is something that she is hoping will happen when she's on these walks. Yeah. She's doing that not just to get exercise, but oh, because she's totally. like an old woman who's probably living alone. I'm glad it worked out that way, wants though. wants to talk to people. Because it could have you know. just as easily been her, like, aghast and then run away, you know? Right, like, or she could have, like, robbed me. Or she could have just blown a whistle or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help! <laughs> but she was so funny. We had this great, like, 10-minute conversation, yeah. and she was, like, giving me shit about stuff. It was, like, a great human interaction. I mean, and she also saw the gray hair and thought, this is someone <laughs> who like, grew up, who understand the 20s, like me, yeah, like we can you know, talk about the roaring twenties, like yeah, before the Great War, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love. It was that. wonderful, and uh, and she was very funny, and I just thought it was uh, just great. It was a great interaction. Totally, I love that. Just putting yourself out there more. Um, I think you know, certainly there are times where it may not pay off. Like people might be awkward about it, but generally speaking, I've also noticed that it's just I don't do it enough, and I know that when I do, it's like I. 
I don't know a time where I've really truly regretted it. Yeah, you know? it's always a good thing, even yeah. if you have to like cut it off kind of awkwardly in the middle because yeah. you don't have time to really talk. It's always better right. than whispering. That's and the true. whispering thing for me is that's my wake up call that I need to like get out of my head a little bit because yeah. if I'm walking around the office with people I know very well whispering hello to them yeah. for some reason yeah. I'm like I, clearly i'm not present enough <laughs> in what's going on right but luckily i like still have pants on i'm still like at the office during working hours that's like, true you know, that's, i that's, made it that far that's right? true yeah that's good how you doing um i'm good i i wanted to give an update on grace because um i guess it was a couple episodes ago now where we talked about her starting school and yes. now this is probably week six or seven um and now so the the transition this week and hopefully the breakthrough is that it's actually like officially a school season and so there's more kids who have started in her court in her class and the teachers are like established because they were kind of a bit in flux over mm-hmm. the last few weeks and so yesterday was like the first drop off in a long time where she was not crying at all and was actually like looking forward to school today there was a separate meltdown before we left the house, so I feel like it doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably been in this situation where I was literally, I was going to miss my train if we spent like another minute oh at home Story and she life. wasn't dressed yet. Yeah. So we had to just like force, you know, she loves to get herself dressed and usually mm-hmm. that's fine. It's great. But yeah. she was taking way too long. So we just did it and she had right. a total meltdown. Right. And so then she cried at school again. But I'm hoping that. It doesn't count. That's okay. I, I don't think that's it counts. Separate. I think it's separate. So yeah. I'm hoping that we've um, had a breakthrough. You know, I'm just, I'm waiting and I know it can still go back and forth, but. Um, you know, seven weeks in, we're just uh, I'm ready to for a little bit of relief there in terms of yeah, just hearing the constant. But she's still it's still been a thing, huh? It has been it hasn't yeah. faded. And again, I think I think it's been particularly like in hindsight. I if I could have done it all over again, I would have knowing what I know now, I would have started her now instead of in the summer when there is so much transition. Um, but I just didn't think it was going to be. I, I didn't think she was going to be have that much of a you know uh, hard time with it. Yeah. Um. But I understand how you know seeing her, she quickly established some friends and then they went and moved on to kindergarten. Um. And oh. other kids have been coming in, so like there's been a lot of transition. Right. And I think I that's fed into okay. yeah yeah that's right. fed into, um, her just like you know, I imagine having a harder time with it. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how things go. But right. you know, it's just another one of these parenting things where you you can only do so much and and time really is gonna. Um, hopefully do a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it will. Yeah. You know, I'm amazed at how easy of a time Jude is having with first grade That's so far. Great. He's like just, I, I mean, every day, and he never even in kindergarten would say things like this, but every time that I've asked him how school went, he says something like, Dad, it's just great. Oh, that's amazing. Like, Dad, it was awesome. It was just great. <laughs> of course, then I'm like, so what happened? He's like, can I just do something else? Because he like has yeah, no yeah, interest yeah, yeah, yeah. in unpacking why. Of course. But he has uh, like t- that kid Ryan with the accent, which we're still, the oh, jury is, is out. On, is is he he actually, no, Ju- Jude actually thinks now he doesn't have an accent. And he's just yes. very polite. I, didn't I tell you yeah, that? Yeah, you did. You did, you did say right. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he has another kid named uh, Abdul Hakim uh-huh. who um, does not have an accent, apparently. Yeah. But who Jude is going to invite over. And, All right. Uh, we might have a play date set up, and I'm super excited about it. Nice. So, yeah, so that's going great. And he seems really like he's, um, even with girls. So, here's something. Last year, yeah. that was kind of a point of tension for him a little bit. I remember you of, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, gender dynamics and stuff. But also because he didn't want to be teased. And I, and I get the sense that, like, they tease each other at this age already about, like, going out and getting married and things like which is crazy. So, like, when I would ask him if he, like, liked a girl, mm-hmm. like, he would get bashful about it and be like, Dad, like, we're just friends. I'm uh, like, yeah, what do you think I'm talking about? You're dating a fucking <laughs> five-year-old? But, he, you know, he would get kind of, like, But you're so like, right that it, it starts now, right? Like, it you does, think about yeah. even the, you know, da-da-da-da. What, what is the thing, hey, um, kissing in a tree? 
Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like the the, the, the like yeah, line, yeah, the limerick thing. Yeah, right. I can't even remember what it is. Yeah, like like. But that's immediately what popped into my head. Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punched him and he fell out because he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. But do you remember that kind of stuff? And just feeling like, oh. But I remember that being kindergarten. I remember that as like second grade. Yeah, that's but true. I, but it, it is kindergarten. But, moral of the story. Yeah. And there's a girl in his Kids class now. this year Everything who, starts earlier, I feel like. <laughs> they're already getting married. <laughs> yeah. There's a girl in his class uh, who was in his kindergarten class as well who I remember him being like bashful about when I would like ask. Because of course then I would tease him and yeah. be like, oh, what's the matter? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sure she gave helps. him a bracelet. Yeah, it was great parenting. <laughs> But she like made a bracelet for him that was really sweet, and he's like been wearing it proudly, oh. and it's not like weird about it. He's like, "Yeah, Serena made me this bracelet. That's amazing." You know, and I like, love That's those. Great. I love when Grace comes back with like drawings from other kids too. It's just so sweet. It's so sweet. Like oh my when God. when you just see the kids being really sweet to each other. Yeah, it's that's awesome. It and now really she great. gets to do that with some of the newer kids who are there and like helping them. You know, yeah. on board. If you want to use <laughs> that been, word, she's been there for a while now. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. That I know it's been it that really long is. Already. It is, but she'll be fine. She's she's doing good. Yeah. And and I think you're absolutely right that the transitionality, which yeah. might not be a word, but we'll go with it. Sure. Uh, that time period, yeah, was probably part of what happened. Because I think so. I don't think I got that. I don't think I. You no, probably, I probably said didn't it, but say I don't it listen to well. you. That's but true. Too. There's the I have I have actual earplugs in. The uh, I, I didn't realize that there were kids who were already established who were then going to move on. Yeah. Because that's yeah. a big thing, too. It is. It is. Similar to I, you and I had this conversation about when Jude went into soccer, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Some of the kids already, already knew each other Yeah, from the yeah, yeah. And that just, thing. you know, it makes it a little harder. Yeah. Um, but, you know, while Grace is going to be okay, I want to reiterate the fact that humanity is not. That's true. Um, because of AI destroying us. I, yes. uh, I just watched um, Ex Machina, which I'm sure you've seen. Okay. For one thing, it's Ex Machina. For another thing, <laughs> I just did a Patreon episode <laughs> on this film. So I, I know an absurd uh, amount of stuff about it because I just had to research ex it. Ex machina. For f- third thing Why is it is, pronounced it's that brilliant. way, though? Fourth is because it's Latin. It's a Latin phrase, which comes from Deus right, ex machina, Fuck which you. means God out of the machine, which yep. was a dramatic device for plots when they were doing live theatrical plays in uh-huh. Roman times where they would have to have, like resolve things. Like they would put the hero through all this shit yeah. and then they would have to like come up with some way to like make him like come out of Hades or something. Uh-huh. So they would like drop down some sort of like a God character all of a sudden. Um, it on a literal harness sometimes yeah, yeah. and they, the god character would come down and just like kill the monsters and like save the hero so wow. deus ex machina god out of the machine is um, an allusion to that I love that I'm some just, sort of a semi-divine intervention basically yeah, yeah. oh that's cool I, I'm just thinking back to how many people I've now talked to about that movie in the last few days and referenced it as ex machina well people say ex machina too. that's fine it's, <laughs> it's just stupid. it's just once you know what it comes from yeah yeah but yeah. what's interesting with the title of course is that the deus is, mix, is missing so it's just out of the machine yeah, right? yeah. but that is an, a, a, an absolute brilliant film oh. that we can unpack offline so this doesn't I mean there's so much there it, but, but but you know it felt relevant enough to talk about AI because you know I try to drop that in everywhere <laughs> you need um, to yeah. and uh, yeah I just it's like all stuff that we it's the uh, the premise itself like you know we've seen this play out in so many movies about the dangers of ai and machines and all that but i feel like the the sort of weight that it carried and the um the style and the sort of tone of it it just was it was really disturbing Mm. um and left me still you know it's a week now later still like just seeing some of those visuals and feeling really uh kind of afraid of the future with with robots and ai you know I mean, I, I already had some of that. Like, yeah, in, I mean, in my mind, this podcast is it's aware true. Of this. It's true. It's in my shocking. mind, the odds are more in favor of AI leading to our demise than it is um, leading to good. And I think it'll do both. But I think you know, ultimately, you see a Terminator scenario. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I it's think, not going to happen. You really think so? No, people have too yeah. much self-interest to let that happen. We talked about this before too. Like, there are but, too many self-interested capitalist people with a lot of money and resources to allow that to happen. I think they they will they will stop it. And you think that that trumps their obsession with power 
Yeah, because I think anything that I, we've seen what happens when because you try to rob, not rob, when you try to take power and and seed it yeah. when it's being taken from people who have enjoyed power for a long time, they will react extraordinarily harshly to that. And I think that they would do whatever it took to not allow that to happen. But who the fuck knows? <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll talk again in a few years and then, you know. Yeah, right. This podcast I hope you're right, is though. brought to you by Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, what else is going on? Should we transition or what, what yeah, are we Yeah, Ex Machina is so good. I'm sorry. I know we're, we're not talking about this, but Alex Garland, the guy who directed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my absolute favorite living directors. Yeah, you, you saw know, Annihilation, right? I saw yeah, Annihilation, right. and, and I will say that I felt that more so in Annihilation, but I felt some of it here, too, That and I get it. He's just not what I would say is sort of character-driven in the way that he writes his stories, mm. and, and that's okay. I, I come from a place where, you know, I guess I appreciate more of the sort of character-driven approach, Yeah, and I feel like his characters are just kind of flat, like not three-dimensional, don't have... You know, and I felt this particularly with Annihilation, mm-hmm. and it kind of just like... I, I just... It, I found it harder to sort of relate to the characters, and that made it harder for me to even enjoy the movie because it felt like they were just sort of plot devices. Yeah, you know, like they were all just meant to. And I and that's sort of his that's style. Valid. Yeah. Um. And I still enjoyed the movie, visually unbelievable Annihilation. Yeah. But I felt like you know if it had done a little bit more of that character development, um, and obviously the actors themselves are really good. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So. Separate conversation. I do think the characterization in the work of Alex Garland, yeah. as in his books as well, is different i don't see an emptiness to it yeah i i, I although I, I that's one of my big criticisms about a lot of directors is that they use characters as just a vessel for ideas or a vessel for right exposition. And, and yeah i don't get that from him what i get no. from him is ambivalence yeah is that the characters aren't revealing too much of themselves to us that's true and in doing that are functioning partly as ciphers <clears throat> yeah for the audience fair. to watch certainly the that's how it felt with ex machina, with ex machina and the, machina, main who, guy, the you, you know the developer guy whatever his name was uh, oh for for um uh oh my god what is his name uh I don't know. You could tell me anything, and I would. I don't remember, know. I can so. think of his name right now. But yeah, but well, well, he, well, he. You, you're talking about like the 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 Lee, Oscar Isaac. You're talking about his character, or are you talking about the kid? The kid. Well, Oliver is it not Oliver? It doesn't matter. I can't honestly. think of his name. But you're, you're talking about the about the lead <laughs> not the lead a, character, the sort of protagonist character. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Not Oscar Isaac. He's, yeah, who to- is an awesome actor. Too. He is. Yeah, and in so many f- amazing things lately, I feel like I know he's incredible. Yeah. But that character is a great cipher for us because what he yes. what what happens is the way that he reacts to her. Yeah gives us that same increasing ambivalence that we go through watching the movie, exactly. which is why it's scary. And that's where I see him being we that become vessel. Him yeah. ba- right, exactly. Yeah. So that is a different approach to me than characters who are empty. He has characters who don't reveal too much of themselves and allow us to start inserting our own ideas and our own subjective realities into those characters. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Separate that's conversation. Fair. I want to tell you why I was late for this recording session today. <laughs> go for it. So so the, here, a little did, bit of uh, behind it, the does scenes. Does it involve an exploding toilet? Uh, no, actually, for once it does All not. Right. Although I'm looking forward to the fact that Henry's starting that preschool soon, <laughs> which means I will have parent-teacher conferences, which means I can revisit the scene of the crime oh, with that toilet God. that is probably right. still out anyway, of business. Anyway, go on. So <laughs> I was supposed to go to the bank for a couple of minutes because I just had to withdraw some money because I'm seeing It Chapter 2 tonight. Because it's raining money. Yeah. And it's raining money. And I'm really excited about that, but I had to pay somebody back. It so Chapter 2, it's already out, huh? Today it comes out, yeah. Wow. And uh, who are you paying back that doesn't use Venmo or PayPal? I know or it's my friend Kevin. Point. He's very old school with this All right, shit. It's, fine. It, yeah, I, I have to it's like, like go on to horseback bank you know? to get money to pay someone back. I know it feels kind of nice. Yeah. Although I didn't end up doing it because of what happened. So <laughs> the the backstory to this ten second story is that. The new Tool album came out last week, which <laughs> for me is a very big deal. Wait a because minute, because I what? love Tool. Really? Yeah. Do you not see it? Fear Inoculum. Oh my God. Go listen to it right now. Let's Wait a cancel minute. the recording. Well, Tool. We're talking about Tool, the band that got big in the '90s, right? What do you mean the band that who got I, big in the who '90s? Who am I thinking? Yeah, of? I mean it's yeah they they have been going since the '90s. Yeah, that's sure. What I'm, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They came about in the '90s, and what was one of their hit songs? Oh, Schism, Enema, Undertow, sing, Sober, sing Sober. 
I don't know them well enough Why to know by the name. Why can we not be sober and just Oh, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm... You, you, you would know them. I'm lumping them in with like Nickelback. That is really not... <laughs> a, I'm upset. <laughs> B, I don't know why I keep making lists on this episode. Uh, and C, that's not true. And so I'm they're not at all you. in that... In that. No, 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 no. They're, they're progressive metal. They're, they're like pioneers of... Linkin of, Park. Of, <laughs> fuck you, John. <laughs> they're progressive metal. They're in, incredibly gifted. Creed. Man. Oh my God, I hate you. So, uh, but they they they're notorious for taking a long time between album releases. Yeah, Limp and the biscuit. last one came out. Oh, fuck you! In two thousand six, so thirteen years have gone by, and where been, we've all been waiting for this album. And they've been working out. on this album for thirteen years. Or uh, it's on more and off. On and they've off, been yeah. doing other projects mm-hmm. in the meantime as well. Okay. and then coming back to this, and I like, need to go hear we knew some of them. That it was happening. I, yeah, you fucking I just do. Have apparently, a, obviously, I'm yeah, I'm ca- mischaracterizing them. Apparently, yeah, it is not Nickelback. But we'll see. I'm going to report back. You should. If I hear. Any songs by them that make me feel sound make it sound like they're Nickelback. I'm gonna. Report and back. they say that yeah. a hero. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so this album came out, and I've been listening yeah. to it as you would imagine quite a lot. Yeah. And it is unbelievably good, but it's like too powerful to listen to at work because oh. like this morning I was doing a design project, which is like the only time I can have music on. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like bracing myself against the desk because I want to like headbang so bad. I'm like trying so hard. I'm like trying to fucking get the circle straight. I would just so I love like, to walk. We should mention that you're now at a desk much closer to mine so we I get am, to see which each other nice, all the time. Yeah, because honestly, yeah. before that, it was not rare that the only time we would see each other is in this room yeah. while we were recording. Yeah. And so now it's like a frequent, you know, every day I see you. Yeah, so it's weird. I would just it would have been amazing to walk by your desk and just see you headbanging. You did at one point. I actually saw you I saw you and I was like, man, I, I gotta like chill. Because I was but you like you weren't actually headbanging. No, but my feet were like going crazy. Because it's it's very intense, very rhythmic yeah, music yeah. that I as a musician get really deeply into because it's very technical and wow, it's really all fun right, to listen. All right. Anyway, so I was I'm like, well, when out. I go to the bank, I'm yeah. gonna be able to turn up the volume of my headphones and I'm gonna listen to it. Of course I when take I get a to wrong turn because I'm so fucking lost in the music. and then I'm like, well, it's okay, it's almost lunchtime, and I just go on this walk and I'm fucking crying as I'm walking around because <laughs> I am so into this music and I go by the waterfront and I'm like really and then I'm like oh my god it's almost noon I gotta get back to record and John's like hey like you know I've been here for 10 minutes that's your like voice me, yeah. so I start running back and I'm like I haven't even gone to the fucking bank yet but it's worth it because I got to cry oh, listening so to Tool to go to around the bank, the bank. No, so but, whoever you Kevin, Kevin I'm sorry I'm, I'm that you will not tonight, take your money Kevin, back don't worry but yeah we'll see what happens it's my fault You're I'm not really sorry movie? I don't give a shit uh, did you see the first one no I haven't so here's what happened to me. Yeah. Um, when I started dating Bethany, I used to I used to watch horror movies You're all the time. And in particular, so you had a connection with your sister and watching horror movies. Yeah, right. For me, it was actually my mom that we, we would watch them all the time. I distinctly remember seeing American Psycho, which I don't know if you could characterize as horror, <laughs> but it was pretty horrible. It's horrifying. I'll it's horrifying, that, yeah. exactly. I remember seeing that movie with her, which is just with a funny- mom. Exactly, which is just a funny like <laughs> idea, right? How old um, were you? Uh, I don't know. When did that movie come out? Oh, like a long time ago. It was when it came. I mean, it was in the movie it, like theater. Like in the 90s? I or saw it in the theater. I think it in the theater. In the theater. But anyway, so like my mom and I would watch all these, you know, Scream movies when those were big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but anyway, when I started dating Bethany, she's just like, you know, she can't see any of that. It'll just like, right. she'll have Neither ni- can Micah, which is why I'm going with and, Kevin to be, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all I can think of is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> from um, Home Alone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, How did I get that from that? Well, you said Kevin, so I yeah. And all I just, you did was Kevin. I'm like, oh, Home Alone. Oh yeah. Well, we we've run a mind, mind meld, meld at this point. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I've just kind of like because you know how speaking of mind meld, I mean, when you're dating it someone, two thousand. As long as you like are, okay. So yeah, wow, yeah. that was I was younger, a lot younger. Um, so when you're dating someone or or with someone for that long, or you uh, the mind meld is a real thing, yeah. and I feel like I'm not as into horror movies now, even though. You know, there's something that maybe I would still enjoy them if I got into them again. I just haven't seen them in a while. You have so. to go with the right people. 
Yeah, and frankly, it you should is come not with me, something... not tonight. But like, that's you know, true. We but, should do that. But, but you should come uh, like, like next time. There's like a horror opening. Let's we should do see it. movies together in general. I think we, we should have great do. We should like hang out. <laughs> Let's do like a movie podcast because I don't have any of those to fucking talk about. No, I've be, talked to you about how I used to run a movie review show, right? Yeah, on, on network on community television. <laughs> yeah, called Flick Factor. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, I came up with the name and was very proud of it. I had uh, the domain and everything at the time. Was it was it a Q for Flick? A Q. Like, oh no like no! A, a, it should have been. <laughs> it should have been. Like right. No flick factor. Um, it was amazing. Anyway, no, but so you did not see the first one. So I didn't see. I, honestly, that that's I haven't really been very interested in those. Well, they're incredibly. Yeah. It is not the 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 TV movie version that you might have seen as a yeah, kid. Yeah, sure it is I did. nothing like that. It yeah. is a wonderful, wonderful story that's very character driven. I mean, it's Stephen King who's yeah. like the character master, right? And oh, uh, I highly sure, recommend it. This is my All pre right. seal of approval for our enormous listening base. Yeah, that they should go see. All right. It Chapter 2. And if it sucks, well, you'll find out after it comes out. And then after you're watching It Chapter 2, you should go read some Amy Krause Rosenthal books. That's an amazing transition that you uh, introduced before we got to pump the event up oh, there for people. Shit. So October 6th, 3 o'clock, never... that's it, go. October 6th, Somerville Armory, 3 o'clock p.m. We are doing a live recording, and we're really excited to have you there. Uh, we'll probably face face whatever Facebook Live it or whatever, but you know you should really come and be there with us. And you will see by the time this airs a Facebook event. That's right. That will. we will have invited you to. Yeah. And uh, it would be absolutely amazing to see you guys there because uh, we genuinely don't know if anybody actually listens <laughs> to this show. People say they do, but they might not. Prove it. Yeah. Get prove a plane it. ticket and come here and fucking prove it. Prove it. Um, we want to see you in person. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. So the Facebook event will be live. And, uh, you know, it'd be great if you can just RSVP so that we, you know, at least going into it, it's not going to be one of these moments where we have to, like, look behind the curtain and there's nobody there. <laughs> um, at least we want to just one that. actual cricket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we don't want to wait until that moment to, to discover that nobody's showing up. Right. We want to know ahead sad. of time. Um, that no one's showing up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. You know, it'd be really great to know that. No, it's it's going to be great. So make sure you guys come. Um, it's going to be fun. Speaking of listeners, a quick correction, yes. and then we're going to move on with this episode. Sure, sure we will. Um, so Peter from the Midwest, who again, congratulations, wrote in to say two things. One, I said his last name wrong. It's Venker. So Venker. I apologize, Peter Venka. Wanker. Um, and also to say, uh, to share with me that things are going great and that even though this is their fourth child, it's, you know, a new experience all over again. And that he, uh, the moral of this story is that I, I had reached out to him just to ask like how it was going and what it was like, you know, um, with this being their fourth kid, what it was like with the other kids. And he wrote this really wonderfully heartfelt um, reflection to me where he said that uh, it, it is different and knowing that it is likely going to be the last time that they go through this experience, uh, it has a real bittersweet quality to it. And that he tried with mm. their third child to really soak up every minute that he could and he felt like he couldn't quite get enough of that time and that there's a bittersweet quality because he's trying to soak up every moment that he has now with Espen but with this awareness that because of the divided attention with this family that's now larger and with work commitments and things like that who he will probably get less of the childhood experience with him than yeah. he would have with their previous kids and so he's trying to really um, jump on that but he wanted to thank me for reaching out because he said you know it's funny when you have kids people kind of leave you alone yeah and it and it brought me right back to that feeling which is like you you have your baby and then I think everybody kind of leaves you alone because they know it's a time for you to kind of like close off survive. and have this amazing survival <laughs> experience, right? Yeah. And uh, and I think in doing that, we end up kind of alienating people with new children without realizing it. Yeah. Even though we're doing it out of a nice place, wanting to give them space. Yeah. And to some degree, know. they want that, I imagine. But at the same time, the extent of it is just like it is very extreme. Yeah. 
So I guess what I would say is, uh, is if you know people with newborns, like just send them a message, and you know they don't have to respond to it. But yeah. it's nice to hear that, and um, totally it's easy agree. to forget how special that is. Don't you know? show up at their house. Yeah, don't show up at that. But be... show up at our session on October sixth at three p.m. That's true. Facebook event. <laughs> don't show up at their house, but do message them. Send send some kind of message. Yeah, you know whatever form you want. Hire an airplane. Yeah. Just like Amy Krause Rosenthal would have done. Just like Amy Krause Rosenthal probably would have done, actually, now that you say that. So... This is going to be an interesting episode. We don't like like most. I suppose we don't know where it'll go. But this particularly, um, I knew that after learning more myself about Amy Krauss Rosenthal, um, who well, I'll talk about in a minute, and and reading more of her work, I knew that I had to talk about her in the sh- in, in a show. And so um, we'll see where it goes. But I I just feel like um, it's a person who I've mentioned before, and I think many people have uh, have heard of her, even if you don't know her by name, because. She got really famous, or or I would say, I should say more famous because for a long time she's been this prolific children's book writer, um, and and I'd be surprised if if you know once you saw some of her books you didn't recognize some of them or have seen them at a library. Little or House something. on the Prairie, Little House on the Prairie, Dragons Love Tacos Two, uh, <laughs> Harry just Potter, the just one. the second one, Harry <laughs> Potter, amazing, prolific. amazing, right? Um, and uh, so I discovered her actually because when we were having. Uh, when Bethany was pregnant with Luke, um, someone bought a book for us for Grace called Little Miss Big Sis. And it was all about, you know, that um, time when you're expecting a new sibling. And, you know, right after that, what it's like to help kids understand, like, what's going on, right? Because, you know, they don't have a frame of reference if it's their first sibling. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a wonderful book. And uh, and so, I, you know, that was the, my first interaction with her. And then the second was... Um, at a Barnes and Noble, we were we were looking for books, and Grace um, picked out this book, uh, "Dear Girl." And I think I had mentioned this a while back when we had an episode about books, which was way back, actually, probably one of our first. Yeah, we should revisit that because this has yeah. been a long, <laughs> long time. A lot of books to talk about. It but has yeah, been, "Dear Girl." It? So, "Dear Girl" right. is a book that um, I think very sweetly, very simply, sort of just um, has has this sort of expression of you know what it's like to be a girl. Just like every page is some simple thing like uh you know dear girl some days you know you'll want to cry and some days you'll be happy or like uh dear girl it it just helps you i think be your own authentic self and there's just little like tidbits of i don't know wisdom might be a strong word but um it just sort of summarizes the you know the experience of a girl (laughs) okay and uh and so i had those two books as frame of reference and i started to then look into her more um, and can I, think, I say, actually, can I cut you off? Yeah, of course The you first can. 20 seconds of that, yeah. I was picturing a deer girl, oh, like an animal deer, that was like a yes, hybrid of a deer. That's totally fair. And I was like, this book's getting weird. Oh. Deer girl. Yeah, so so it's not <laughs> D-E-E-R girl, Yeah, which would have also been interesting. She probably wrote that too. But That's true. But yeah. anyway, so so now, now that's cleared up, so go on. It's true. Um, and you know, um, you can obviously, we've talked about this before, like you come to appreciate as an adult, the really good kids books, cause you're having to oh, read yeah. these so, so often. And many times kids will pick on one and just want to read it over and over again. So you really appreciate the mm-hmm. ones that, um, are, are well written, um, you know, so that a kid obviously can understand them, but also they resonate with you as an adult mm-hmm. and, and just, those and also f- that are readable, that are like, that are, that feel good to read together out yes, loud, right? Exactly. Which is a whole separate art form. Oh, totally. Kind of literature. Yeah. Totally. And she just excelled at this on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, you know, she, her books are like, uh, like watching a Pixar movie, you know, mm-hmm. they're just so packed with, um, emotion and meaning. And sometimes you just find yourself tearing up and you don't even know why, you know, it's that kind of thing. Could be listening to a tool album. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, and then 
you know, I, I so I discovered her first because of my kids in the books, but then I I discovered um, this essay that she had written that a lot of people um, that was their entry point to understanding Amy Cross. That was the first time I had heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was an essay in the New York Times, um, and it was called "You May Want to Marry My Husband," and it was this um, beautiful article that she wrote only days before um, she she died of uh, ovarian cancer. And it was basically um, an ad for her husband and why he was so great and a little bit of their story and like, you know, just her really wanting her husband to be able to move on and find someone else. I mean, she was only 51 years old. And so they were very early in their life. And I would certainly encourage you to, to read that. There's also a great, um, I forget which, I think it's Modern Love is at the NPR um, yep. podcast where they do a reading of it. So yeah, if, you, right. if you can't read or don't want to read, you can you can listen to it. Um, and it's just beautiful. And then a who, year, do you know who reads it? Um, I forget her name. They do things. exactly, yeah, right. and yeah. I forget who it was. It wasn't someone who like we'll say I it was Angela necessarily Lansbury. knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was Angela Lansbury. Um, and then a year later, um, so this was 2017 that that article came out. And a year later, her husband Jason wrote, um, you know, sort of like what what the last year has been like for him and his family. And so there's just this incredible story there, um, which is you know it is tragic. Um, I thought it would be nice to talk a little bit about. Um, this prolific writer and who not only wrote kids books, but actually as I sort of, you know, looked more into her, um, it's not filmography. I'm not on IMDb, but her, <laughs> <laughs> is there a word for uh, bookography? You bibliography? Know? Bibliography, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. You don't really hear people say it in that context. But I think that actually would be true. I think yeah, you're right bi- about yeah, bibliography, that. Bibliography, yeah. Um, and so I discovered that she's written some some really amazing, I've read them now. Um, erotic fiction. Books for, yeah, erotic fiction. <laughs> um, and similarly, that are, so there, there are these sort of, I guess you would describe them as memoirs, but they're yeah. written in this really fun and, and clever way. Like David Sedaris As you would expect. Stuff? Similar, um, but the actual structure of them is interesting because the first one is written as an encyclopedia um, where it actually has, you know, it's it's written as an encyclopedia. It starts from A and it goes to Z and it has different sort of um, little uh, life lessons or tidbits. You know, lessons is a strong word because it, it isn't like preachy, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, it's just kind of clever and fun. And then the next one, which I thought was even better, and I have with me here, you can see it, is um, textbook Amy Krauss Rosenthal. And it's written as a textbook. Um, but as you'll see from the cover, it's written um, with, like iPhone text, like, like iMessage, yeah, like right. iPhone text, and uh, and in fact, it's so, really good graphic so, design. Well, and here you can see the cleverness and how she uses words because mm-hmm. you know it is written as a textbook, but throughout the book, there's actually an interactive element where you can text. Oh, interesting. Now, of course, it's a little sad now because you actually were texting her. Oh my uh, god! You know, I'm sure it was through some service that she used in order to manage all of this, but and wow. then you'd get a response. What you a know? cool lady! And so there was this dynamic thing, and it was the first ever That's book awesome. that was written in that way. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, to be oh, honest, I, I, I read the whole book and I didn't do the text thing because I just like, I was a little, I don't know, I don't know what would happen now that she's died. I imagine there's some automation there that um, was already happening to text you back certain things, but I just, I don't know. I didn't do the text part. You want to do it right now? No. <laughs> it would take too long. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But other than, if it weren't for that, I would I'm I would curious. Uh, that's a brilliant format. Isn't and and I should say what, what I love about the design of the cover is that the, on the bottom, there's the three dots that indicate somebody's responding. Isn't right? that good? Which is really, really interesting. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's really cool. Even from, from the book cover, you can see yeah. she's brilliant. So I thought I, I would just read a few excerpts. You know, I, I, in, I had read this a few months ago, and I remember thinking, I have to talk about this. And yeah. I, of course, I, get that book. I didn't note anything about it. Yeah, it's, uh, certainly I'd recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, with this one, I specifically bought the physical copy because 
um, it's it's very much you know it's just a better experience to have the actual physical copy of something that's meant to be like a textbook format. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but also because it's bridging these media, which I think is so so wonderful. You have this tactile old school book that yeah. then becomes an electronic living document with the text messaging aspect. To exactly. It, right? Yeah, which is really that's powerful. I think that's really cool. I like exactly. that idea a lot. So I thought I would just read a few excerpts that I felt. Yeah. Um, frankly, I was flipping through and like some of them just popped out to me again. But I think actually one in particular that I wanted to talk about, and I think I had also mentioned in one of the past episodes that uh she's just like certainly a theme in her writing and um the way that you know she actually had some ted um talks as well and and so you see this theme of serendipity come up quite a bit Mm -hmm. and so there's an entry in this book on serendipity and i wanted to just read a couple of um excerpts from it and we can just see where that goes but um the first is just a this initial one on serendipity so if you like something you tend to be on the lookout for it and if you're on the lookout for it, you tend to find it. Or it, yoo-hoo, over here, finds you. And so it goes for me with serendipity and coincidence. It's something I like, so it's something I notice and attract. And then she she gives some examples of this that were just like pretty, uh, I thought, pretty poignant. So I just wanted to read a couple here. Um, so wait, let me see. Did I write down the number correctly? <laughs> All right, here it is. Ready? When Miles was born, my aunt gave me a silver link bracelet engraved with his name and birth date. I put it on and never took it off. Two decades passed. One summer afternoon, I was standing in the kitchen unpacking groceries. Miles was heading back to college soon, returning for his sophomore year. His specific departure and general growing up were both weighing heavy on my mind, like a hand appearing from out of nowhere and resting on my shoulder. My subconscious whispered, it's time to let him go. I should have let you whisper that. (laughs) It's true. Hi. The heartbreaking and nearly audible message stopped me in my tracks. A split second later, I heard a clink. I looked down and saw my bracelet in a tiny heap on the counter. All these years, it had never once slipped off, so I was confused. I realized it did not slip off. The clasp had simply worn all the way down. This just happened to be the moment it let go. It, there's just like all these little tidbits so I'll just go on to read the next part because yeah that, that that so there's I mean it, it's that's beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know if I like totally if you buy it buy yeah but there, keep, there's keep, so, keep going keep going it's keep fair going, keep totally going. fair um so the next maybe this is in response to you actually right now wait here, here's what I would here's what right, I would believe ahead, and then I'll... sorry Amy <laughs> you can't defend yourself I'm a big fan of your work she though. will with the next line okay good so so to me like she might have woken up thinking about the bracelet because like, yeah. that happens a lot right where yeah. something will hit you and it's something you haven't thought of in years and years and years and then that day something will happen yeah. right yeah I, to, she made it sound a little bit like she thought of it and then it unclasped and broke to the ground like she's a fucking like sorcerer <laughs> or something so that, that's, that's my skepticism but it's a beautiful story keep going about these coincidences. The data and mathematicians are clear. Such things happen all the time. Then again, Einstein, pretty good at math, was also quite clear when he concluded, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. I'm going with B, everything. So, so you know, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. What are you thinking? Well, as longtime listeners of the show will know, the second anybody says there's only two types of people in the world, I kind of tune out a little bit. It was fucking Einstein. Did Einstein say because because Einstein and Abraham Lincoln and Gandhi and Martin Luther King are, like the most are, have said everything in the world I know, at this point. I know. So I mean, so I'm she's presenting a binary her. system. Okay, yeah. where you either believe entirely in the plausibility of miracles or you completely <laughs> deny miracles as being possible. Right? Yeah. Miracles defined as what? As as evidences of divinity. 
divinity or as evidences I of, mean, I think it's an approach to how you see things in, in life. It's as though, you know... How about this? How about this? Yeah, go ahead. There are two types of people in the world. <laughs> those who are open to wonderment and those who try to deny it. There you go. Okay? If you want to rewrite well, yeah. Einstein's quote, <laughs> I'm rewriting means... Einstein and Amy Krause Rosenthal recipes. Do it. Brilliant, though. Keep going. <laughs> Right, because miracles, because because miracles have too much in my mind of a religious connotation at this point. So, like, I think I what think she that, might be saying is that in in miracles as evidence of wonderment and magic in the world, right? Well, it that is. There are things we don't understand. Evidence of things we don't understand and don't have words for, but are yeah. ephemeral and beautiful enough to be validly observable. And, and the reason she mentioned the mathematics there is that earlier, you know, I'm not obviously giving you all the context. I didn't want to read the whole book because you should just do that. Chapter one, um, but. But, you know, she actually did talk or she had read this article um, on the topic in particular and that um, the fact that, you know, there are 280 million people in the United States, that means there's a 280 times a day where a one in a million shot is going to occur. So, like, you know, these things just random, seemingly random things, or maybe they are just totally random, right, happen. Um, And I think what what she's speaking to in her frame on serendipity and, and that Einstein quote is that it's it's just a framing. It's like how you look at life, right? You can mm-hmm. choose to look at things as sort of just inconsequential or, um, you know, they're not really being any meaning behind those connections. Or you can think that there is there is meaning behind all those connections. Um, and yes, I will give, I, I agree that but it's what's like, meaning? it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. But what's meaning? Um, what is meaning? Yeah, in this context. In this context? Yeah. I mean, we we attribute certain properties to events that happen in our lives we say that you know there's different ways we can look at the why like why did something happen Mm -hmm. and and extract what we want out of it so any event in our life we can choose to like see meaning that is i don't know infinite meaning and I, I'm not, I can't even articulate. But the meaning, so, so she's saying she felt, uh, I don't want to get too derailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, this she's is saying good. She felt, is... She, so she felt a hand, the, the, something like a pressure on her saying it's time to let go of him, right? Right. And then her bracelet unclasped. So is she, is she saying that like an angel visited her and like rested his hand on her shoulder and then broke her bracelet or something? Is that is that what she's saying by evidence of a miracle? Or is she saying? No, there, I mean, from my reading of her, there's never been a religious connection, if that's okay. what you're getting at. I mean, I think... I would not say it is as direct as that. It's more of this, the mystery in life yeah, and, okay. and the idea that things that. are connected. Okay. I think I'm misinterpreting it probably due to my own biases. I, I guess Clearly, you hate religion. I hate everybody. Therefore, I, yeah. just, I just hate everybody, <laughs> especially if they're dead. No, I, I think that uh, what the, the wonderment thing is important because frequently on, uh, I, I will be, uh, you know, come across things that, that feel miraculous because they feel sort of impossible, yeah. right? Yeah, And I will think to myself... Wow, that was really special. But I will move on with my day. And then there are other times where I allow myself to like revisit that moment and yeah. think about how significant it actually was that that happened to me at that and, moment at that in time. Moment. And that's what it's and that's that what she's getting at. Living I, aware in the moment. And I can get behind that and I get it and we can move on because that makes sense. Okay, good. So I mean and I think I had also mentioned this this acronym that she pointed out that I thought was fun and I, I think about all the time now. Uh, whenever you see ATM, you know, which maybe you just oh, yeah, did at right, the bank. Right. Think, well, I missed it. Yeah. yeah, think always trust magic. Right. And it was getting at this point, like if you're feeling that kind of like serendipitous, you know, magic, if you want to call it that in your life, just trust it. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, think, and I think that's kind of what it's getting at. It's that idea of um, finding meaning where it feels like there's some something that's almost like too coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I don't know. It, it, I'm still hung up on meaning, but I, but I'll, I'll go with it. I mean, yeah, I can't I can't explain meaning. Finding to you. significance. I'm not a fucking Say, finding finding uh, allowing that moment to have significance in your life, not yes. necessarily signifying something concrete elsewhere. Not even just religious, but but in, in terms of like, because it's true that that statistically the amount of events happening every given day to all of us yeah. will lead up to occurrences that are extraordinarily rare, right? right? So so you could look at that and say, well, yeah, of course, like you know, mathematically speaking, mm-hmm. there's a one in a million chance that it's got to happen to somebody, right? That that happens, you know, um, or you could choose to look at that as something that's like meaningful in some way to you, right. I don't, or significant if you want to use that word. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell, put my semantics hat back. So, down. regardless of of the actual why, like I don't think she's necessarily saying it's happening. You know, like I understand why, like an angel took it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just that it did happen, and the way that you choose to look at that, that's up to you, right? You know, you can look at okay, it as so kind that's of meaning. That's you can look at it yeah. as the sort of magic of life, or mm-hmm. or you can just look at it as like a, a statistic, I guess, if you mm-hmm. want. But all right, so but to be aware of it and to commemorate that occurrence yeah and that keeps you in the present which is how you i think continue that's just winging it another right? important yeah. Um, yeah it all comes back to it just all comes back it, really. to just winging it um all right i'll read this one this one other one because it also spoke to these really beautiful um sort of like social experiments that she did mm. um and some of them are through text messaging but this one actually was in her first book um in the encyclopedia she wrote this entry for purple flower and it was it read as follows there is a single purple flower a couple feet from where i am sitting I'm feeling poorly dressed and missing my long hair. I'm at Cafe De Luca in Bucktown, and there's a purple flower. That's how I would define this moment. And you, your moment? Where are you in this moment? Email me and tell me. If you are the hundredth person to do so, I will bake you a pie and FedEx it to you. You will have to trust me on this. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so after that book came out, um, she she did that, and and she did you know uh, at the uh, the hundredth email came in. And uh, she baked a pie and FedExed it um, to, to Mr. Evans of Orlando, Florida. And so she continued to collect these um, little sort of, we just talked about being in the moment, right? And yeah. these were just people reflecting on where they were. And so she shared some of them here. She also, uh, <laughs> she put all of these insights about pie seekers into a pie chart. <laughs> oh my God, I thought she's so cool. <laughs> and so you'll see a little That's pie amazing. chart here. Yeah. And so like, What's you know, just over half of them wrote about relationships. Yeah. Um, people mention chances of winning pie and their feelings about pie. (laughs) (laughs) There was a good portion that were in bed. Um, anyway, it goes on, but I wanted to read a couple of these cause, cause these were another, it was another one. There, there was, I can't remember a time reading a book and, and so quickly just going through this emotional spectrum of like laughing out loud and Bethany would be like lying next to me in bed and be like, what the hell are you reading? Right. You're cackling. And then, or just crying. Yeah. Um, and so here's just a couple that I wanted to read from this one. Um, so these are people who responded to her, okay, and and just simply with their wrote, moment, yeah, exactly right, with yeah. their moment. Um, I am in Togo, or is it to go? I'm not sure. Uh, I that was my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in I'm in Togo, West Africa, at this exact moment. Earlier recorded in journal, copied now. I'm lying on my bed in a concrete bedroom with one window. There's sweat soaking my sheets. My hair is dirty. Haven't had the energy to wash it in three days. But I'm smiling because I love my life as a Peace Corps volunteer kind of a sweet one and then here's one i'm in a waiting room in a hospital gown next to an irate woman who is tired of waiting for her ultrasound results i luckily brought this book with me to my doctor's appointment it really helped take my mind off my impending miscarriage it is a moment i won't forget 
reading about the purple flower, thinking about losing a tiny baby, and knowing there is always hope after tragedy. On my way home from the ultrasound, I was telling my husband that I thought maybe this would be the last time we try to have a baby. When I looked up and read the license plate in front of me, it read, try again. <laughs> and then I'll just read one more because um, it's, it's too good not to. Uh, I'm home alone in bed with a purring cat at my side, wondering if my biopsy results will confirm that I have breast cancer. I think that if I do, I'm going to send everyone I know a copy of a picture of me taken a few summers ago on a nude beach in a nature preserve surrounded by cows on the pure white sands of Majorca, Spain, because my right boob sure does look fab in this picture. (laughs) 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 So I just love these. I can listen to those all day. Right? And and I just love, you know, again, these social experiments that she did, and there are many more in the book. Oh, that's beautiful. um, That, you know, we talk about connecting with others um, in this this world, and, and she just, like, found these really interesting ways um, to do it that really like you know elicited this pretty profound response um i love so, that i think that's i, I want to set those to music or something that's right? so beautiful yeah and it gets at this thing that i've been feeling lately and i'll explain why in a second but but before i do like I, i've been thinking a lot about how every story is beautiful mm. like every moment and every life is something that if you just talk about it right unlocks so much of shared experience, of memories of things that have happened to you before. Yeah. And that's why when you hear something like StoryCorps, like you and I talked about yesterday, um, you know, which is this um, project where they try to get uh, people to tell stories to each other and record them so the stories don't go don't go away. Yeah. It's always an interesting journey, you know? And I don't know what it is about stories and about moments in time, but they are so powerful. Mm. And I think it's because it is a glimpse into somebody else's life that makes you feel less alone. And so the reason why I've been thinking about that lately, this is totally random and I'll make it really quick. Ah, but is it? (laughs) Yeah. Ah, there's meaning. Um, But really, the fact that like you just came up to me yesterday and we're talking about StoryCorps and a film that you just saw. Yeah, right, right. And And I had clearly forgotten we were covering this today because I asked you this morning what we were doing. And honestly, when I read that, I hadn't been thinking about what you were Mm -hmm. talking about yesterday. And so, you know, that's just an example of like, again, it's not like fucking angels are coming and dropping the book down on me after you talk to me. But like, maybe they did. There's a little bit of magic. Uh, You felt a hand on your shoulder. I did. Uh, no, but but those things do happen all the time. That's the thing is that every day of your life, those moments are happening, but you're usually not aware of them because you're going about your life without analyzing it in real time. Yes. And then when you allow yourself to open yourself up to that, uh, it unlocks magic. And that is something I can totally get behind. What I was going to say is we've been playing this game called the Tetris Effect lately, yeah. Micah and I, which I don't know if you've heard of it. or no. played, It won a lot of Game of the Year awards. Okay. It's, it's Tetris, but it's done in a completely different way. Huh. That is... Um, it's for one thing, it's single player only, which is different for Tetris. And the music is like extremely beautiful and it, the visuals are generative by the actions that you're taking. Mm. So like it'll take place like, for example, underwater and you'll be swimming with dolphins while you're playing Tetris. And then the dolphins will turn into like spaceships and you'll be like hurtling through the, it's, it's just an amazing game. Um, and that sounds it gets really cool. The, <laughs> amazing the, that it's based on Tetris. I too. know. And you're playing, it's actual, you're playing actual yeah, Tetris, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. music is like meditative and beautiful uh-huh. orchestral music that your actions as you're spinning pieces and rotating them are affecting the musical score and the visuals. And it's very like, it brings you deep into your own head because what's great about games like that is it tunes everything else out except for you and the experience of repositioning things in 
three-dimensional space, right? Mm, yeah. And that fear, or two-dimensional space, and that feeling yeah. is, is powerful. There's a reason we come back to that feeling as humans, right? right? There's a reason so many of us are inexorably drawn to that. There's a reason that this random puzzle game is a phenomenon for the last 35 years or whatever it's been. Yeah. So it kind of goes deep into that and, and exploring the reasons why and the kind of spiritual aspect of the fact that we were all drawn to these simple things together. And what I wanted to bring up about it is that the loading screen for it, you can choose to just let it stay. Mm-hmm. And it is a real-time view of the world and then dots of light wherever other people around the world are playing it at that same point in time. That's so cool. And you don't know who they are or where they are, but you see little avatars, like little animals, like like mine is a fish swimming in the ocean. <laughs> but it's swimming in outer space, and it's a, star, it's a constellation of stars. And then you can just let the world turn, and you just see tens of thousands of points of light with little animals swimming around. And you're realizing, like, these people are all doing exactly what I'm doing at this moment in time. And there are people sitting, like, you know, like somebody who listens to Perfect Organism, for example, is is he's in Ukraine. His name is Kradon Shulev, and he writes me an email after, like, every episode. Mm-hmm. And he tells me about what he was doing when he was listening to that episode. And it's that same feeling that I get watching yes. this thing rotate and reading this Amy Krause Rosenthal. He'll say, for example, it was a hot day today. I was volunteering at a summer camp. I forgot my water bottle, so I was parched. But I laughed a lot when you said this joke. And I wanted you to know that I was thinking of you. Yeah. And I think here's somebody that I will never in a million years come across. But I am so in tune with his spiritual self right now because I've taken um, a moment in time and memorialized his moment in time as something significant. So I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's powerful. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, and as you were as you were saying that, I was reflecting on um, the encyclopedia that she had written as well. And I think that this was kind of a neat, um, maybe summation or connects to what you just said. But she said, it, it's hard to accept that other people's lives are as full and real as, and, and sorry, and real and now as yours. You look at someone and sort of think against your intellectual knowing better, that they have less complex life, mm-hmm. they're able to flit about, their lives aren't clogged with the same kind of pressing deadlines, they don't really have cousins like you have cousins, they are free tonight. Of course they are free, or if they have plans, they can easily break them to be with you. <laughs> right. And so it's just this interesting, you know, and then she says, uh, I guess this is the later part, but you're one, of, you're one of the endless chunks of extraneous, dispensable flesh hurrying about in the wings of the next person's equally delusional center stage. Mm. <laughs> And that is exactly what this is water yeah, is about too, which, which, which we should also, we also do. Need to, maybe we could do that as a follow up next week. Yeah, to this yeah. Because it'll it maybe. How about this? Because because we have to wrap and because we haven't gotten through much of this. Why don't we talk about this again next week a little bit and kind of kick it off and then I can talk a little bit about David Foster Wallace and that speech, and maybe we can make it about uh, unpacking like empathy and why it's such an important thing in our lives and what it illuminates about the human condition through these two works that have influenced us a lot. Does Everything that, that you just said, except not next week, because we're having some special guests on, some oh, authors. Right. <laughs> Look at that. That's right. So the week after that. Uh, but that sounds perfect. Because this, love is, this is really powerful. There's and a it's lot something there. that we're yeah. thinking about. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and, and, I, and I love that. Um, I, I think people will probably get out of that conversation a lot of insights into this show, especially people who have been listening since the beginning, Yeah. who have like heard us return to these moments of agreement on things. That always come back to this idea of like, get the fuck out of your head for a second. Yes. And get the fuck into the world for a second. Yes. And think like, where am I in this point in time? And am I living my life in a way that is immediate and powerful and in a way that will uh, help the world be more human, you know? Yeah. And as a parent, we're always in moments like that and we don't realize it. But every single interaction we have with our kids is a moment to bring more humanity to the world and to help them live a more... um, intentful life right i think so and this is this is super powerful so we'll come back to it. yeah and maybe just to close on this yeah. one um to come back to death because you know because <laughs> we gotta go here we go 
<laughs> Death is the ultimate nothing. We are petrified of this nothing, yet we spend a great portion of our lives trying to create a state of near nothingness. We spend the day hacking away at our to-do list, so finally, when the dishes are done and the kids are in bed, we can sit on the couch and do nothing. <laughs> That's so true. It's just this fun, yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, and I think we talked about this too, like, do you really want nothing? Do you really want to just relax or just get through all of those books or just get through all that stuff you have to do? And it's like there's always this sort of chasing after it. But at the end of the day, it's the everything that's life, you know, mm-hmm. and really embracing that and, and, uh, and all of it and, and all of its glory and pain and everything. And part of it is is, is not uh, chasing the void, yeah. but also not fearing it, right? Yes, I think that's true, too. Not being afraid of silence, but also not necessarily needing it to, to function. Right? Yeah, like yeah. This, yeah, this is a, a much bigger conversation <laughs> that we will <laughs> revisit soon. This All is right. great. Thanks, Talk man. To you again. All right, Bye. see you.